Hello, fellow Powderhounds, and welcome to the Powderhounds Podcast, a podcast about just having fun skiing and riding. I'm your host, Jeff Squawman Shaw. It is Sunday, June 14th, 2020, and we are recording live from Ridgevale Beach Studios to talk skiing and riding. Hey, it's the off-season. Sand and surf is now my jam. (laughs) This episode will feature the early bird dilemma for all skiers and riders, what I'm going to call the season pass discount deadline dilemma. As the first and second deadline to buy a discounted season pass for the 2020-2021 season is this week, tomorrow, Monday, June 15th, and Wednesday, June 17th. With everything happening in the world and the uncertainty around next snow season, it's a little hard to believe. Yet here we are. My hope is that this episode will provide a nugget or two on the best approach to maximize your investment next snow sports season. So sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding, Powderhounds. Inside this episode, you will get something fresh. If you've listened to the podcast before, this episode is different from what you're used to. There will be no guests, no games, and the episode will not be built around a single ski area. Instead, I'm going to share my thinking on season passes for the upcoming winter. The plan is to run through a handful of current promotions, regional offerings, expectations on the upcoming ski and ride season, and even consider my personal situation. Hopefully these musings are transferable. I'll try to avoid oversaturation of detail, but there is some fine print, which in a couple cases is very important. It may seem utterly ridiculous to even be thinking about snow sports with everything happening in the world. You would be correct. The pandemic is still very real and constantly on my mind. I'm sure it's on yours too. Yet I remain optimistic as the majority of people seem to be following health and safety guidelines. Now, the more of us that do that, the more likely our seasons, whether they be snow, beach, apple picking, or pumpkin spice latte season, will return. Pandemic aside, it's actually not that ridiculous to talk skiing and riding right now. Most key passes for the following season would have normally gone on sale this past spring, so this early which pass dilemma is not new. The pandemic actually delayed spring pass sales significantly for some mountains who rely on that cash. Doing, or in this case, thinking about the things we love to do, the things we're passionate about that provide joy and fulfillment is exactly what we need to get through these challenging times. The early shutdown of the ski and ride season has made me appreciate much more that simple opportunity to just struggle into my stiff ski boots in an icy parking lot with the morning wind whipping down my neck. (sighs) How I hope those days return once the thermometer drops, of course. I'm also hoping that being able to do the things we love once again will provide the energy, clarity, and courage to do our part little as it may be, to work harder at making the world a better place. That starts in our local communities and extends to the ski hill. Okay, time to step down from that high horse. Quite frankly, I'm talking about ski passes for next winter because I've been getting absolutely inundated with email promotions from any and every 
mountain that ever required my email address to complete a purchase. I'm sure you may be going through that too if you had a season pass last year or bought a lift ticket online like ever. Your email address has been got. This email onslaught actually reminds me of a recent Icon email promotion fail. Uh, it was a few months back. Icon just announced that the 2021 season passes were on sale. This was pre-COVID shutdown. I believe it was March 5th, which sounds fine. But what happened was anything but. Within minutes of each other, every mountain I skied at that season through the Icon Pass sent nearly identical emails, except for their logo, to renew an Icon Pass for 2021. Eight emails in less than 10 minutes. At least spread them out by a few hours, guys and gals. Now, marketing aside, join me. Let's share a collective optimism that there will be a snow sports season this winter, and this episode is worthwhile. So here we go. My situation. If you listen to the introductory or trailer episode for this podcast, you probably know some of this, but for those that have not, I'm currently located in the Northeast. As a uh, young wannabe skier, I cut my teeth at uh, Connecticut Mountains, Southington, Sundown, and Mohawk. Really got into it for the night skiing of all things. Uh, skiing was a little bit sporadic as I grew older, uh, other than a few February breaks in Vermont, thank you to my folks uh, and my little bro. I didn't really ski all that much, but um, did start to get a little creative in my skiing opportunities, actually tried out for the high school ski team just to get in a few extra days of night skiing. Um, fortunately, they didn't catch on and it, it all worked out. In college, I joined uh, my friends and we got the American Ski Company Pass and then I think the following year got the Okemo Stratton Pass, uh, which was mentioned in the Haystack episode. Uh, upon uh, entering the world as an adult with minimal pocket change, I did get the uh, intel to check out the Ski Vermont lift ticket, quote unquote, packs, where you could buy a, a pack of lift tickets, a three pack or a five pack, and uh, fell, uh, fell in love really with uh, cruising up I-91 corridor and, and hitting a lot of those green mountains. And uh, as skiing became evident that it was a very expensive sport, I joined a ski club, which is more of a membership uh format for a membership program where there's discount uh, lift tickets available. Once I got a taste for going out west, I fell in love with Winter Park. As I might mentioned, that's sort of my home base out west, thanks to some family, lots of family actually, um, and found that individual resorts do their own promotions, such as four packs in Winter Park's case, which was, I believe, $179 for four, uh, four lift tickets, four ski days. I believe there were no blackout dates. Um, and really, if you used, I think, two, you made your money back and then some, and you still have two left over. Now, um, again, getting more into skiing, as uh, you know, I, I did, I eventually did get the Max Pass when that came out, and the last two years I've had the Icon Pass. So that's a little bit about my past history and a little bit of uh, background where we're, where we're headed in this episode. I usually average about two dozen ski days per season, which on the East Coast probably is, is decent. Um, 
This is certainly a reflection of weather and conditions and not so much my passion for the sport. I'd love to get up there and uh, sniff triple digits like some of my good friends out, uh, out west. And they certainly remind me of that when they are getting close. I do average about two trips out west, which I'm fortunate enough to, to do and, and thank my family and certainly my friends for putting up with me uh, for, through some of those, which we've covered on the podcast and certainly have a ton more to, to get to. And um, I have a few different ski groups, and that uh, allows me to, you know, uh, hop around a bit. But it also, you know, it also limits maybe who you ski with if you don't have the same pass. So we're going to kind of consider a couple of those scenarios. And uh, just in terms of the ski day, I'm absolutely a first chair. Let's get up at the crack of dawn and get there as soon as possible. Ski all day if our legs and our stamina holds up. But once I hit see the gray light, once I see those main trails with bumps, um, it's kind of time to wrap it up. And uh, my better half always says that she needs a five-star day to, uh, to get on the slope. So that would be, one, warm. Warm and sunny, say mid-30s. We got uh, good conditions, so that would be French, fresh snow. Uh, no wind, no crowds, and good light. So, you know, no, again, no gray light. So, um, yeah, in the Northeast, uh, those five-star days are, are rare. But uh, quality over quantity is, is to be respected, so I will, uh, I will allow it. And finally, you know, the real new personal situation for me is I used to be a carefree, last-minute, uh, let's-go-skiing kind of mentality. And uh, this year I became a dad, so uh, that's kind of out the window. I think I'm going to have a whole new <laughs> I already know I have a whole new set of non-skiing responsibilities. So just want to be able to get out on the slopes. Okay. That all said, let's talk about the passes, or what I'm going to talk about with these passes. So in this Season Pass Discount Deadline Dilemma episode, I will cover eight pass uh, or package options, four of which are uh, cover all of North America, uh, four of which are specific to the Northeast, though sister regional passes and promotions probably exist in the Midwest, Rockies, and West. Uh, other than cost, Selecting the correct season pass to me is really about three factors. None of these are surprising, but they're worth uh, review. Uh, first, where you live. Since I'm in northern Connecticut along that I-91 corridor, the Green Mountains of Vermont or Berkshires of Massachusetts, New York are easier to get to than, say, New, Ham New Hampshire's White Mountains or New York's Catskills. Again, limiting time travel means more time on the slopes. That's important. Two, how often you ski and ride, of course. Now, if you live in ski country USA, Colorado, um, it's probably worth getting a season pass, even if you don't plan to ski that much, only because on the days you do, thanks to dynamic pricing, where the price is variable and changes based on the demand, the conditions, etc., holiday periods, um, that, that's, that lift ticket window price can change, and it can be ridiculously expensive. I'm not going to name names, but I did go to, I, I had my ICON pass, and I went to one of the participating mountains. It was uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday, and the single-day lift ticket at the window was $250. I know! So, um, so again, how often you ski and ride does factor in what ski pass you get. And finally, number three, who you want to ski with. I joked a few minutes ago that uh, your ski pass kind of dictates who your friends are going to be for the winter. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really funny, but kind of true, you know, and uh, while buddy passes do help, and most of the, uh, at least the bigger season passes do offer buddy passes, 
uh, discount passes for your guests. You know, those single day lift tickets are still are still pricey. Um, and uh, not to mention if you have a different pass and it's just left on the du- uh, shelf collecting dust, you know, that's not going to feel too good either. So, you know, those are sort of things to consider. Now, uh, before we dig in, and we will, I promise you, next, um, I'm not going to get into the business model details of these passes. You know, this is purely a rundown of the options and the information that I know of at this point in time um, for the consumer, for the skier, for the rider, for you. So let's get right to it. We are going to kick it off with the sort of the regional passes or packages. Now I'm going to start in the uh, Northeast uh, Kingdom. Uh, the White Mountain Super Pass is a uh, pass for four New Hampshire mountains. Those mountains are Bretton Woods, which, as you may recall from the Haystack episode, uh, my buddy KP said was, quote, the headliner of the group. Two, Cannon Mountain, a new partner mountain on the Indy Pass, which I'll discuss in a, in a bit. Cranmore Mountain, and then uh, finally Waterville Valley, which is incidentally the first place I skied that was not in Connecticut. So those are your four mountains on the White Mountain Superpass. The price for entry is $999. That is good until June 30th, so that's the early bird price. There is a current promotion as part of that uh, price, and it is a one-day pass that's valid for this or next season uh, again, if you renew by that June 30th, so they're throwing in an extra lift ticket, no blackout dates that um, you can use or I, uh, I guess could use. Uh, now, the way that their pricing is set up, it is based on when you renew or when, when you buy the date. So uh, if, you, if you miss that June 30th deadline, your next um, the price jumps up to $1,159 through November and then cap, finally caps at uh, over $1,200 in December. Now, there are other pricing tiers for teenagers, you know, juniors, uh, kids that uh, are also um, um, in the program. Now, with everything going on, uh, refund policies have kind of rose a little higher than anything else. Um, and um, this, the refund policy for the uh, White Mountain Superpass is 100% credit for next year if you do not use it and request a refund by November 26. So you're not going to be able to get on the slopes and kind of check out what the new experience is going to be like. Although, side note, Waterville Valley, I read somewhere, they are allowing, I believe, uh, if you just have their season pass, uh, you can ski for one day, see if you know the new you know limits on capacity or the, the experience is what you are comfortable with, and you can either... Um, and then you can request the full refund or credit. It might be a credit for the following season. Um, I think it's a refund though. But um, so anyway, that's an example. So every every mountain is doing something different. But at least for this purpose, um, they um, they are trying to uh, be as flexible as possible with refunds. And most of these are in the form of a credit for a season pass for the following ski season. Um, they also have a um, added assurance. Um, refund prorated credit based on which quarter of the ski season um, a closure due to a public health crisis uh, would occur. Um, so again, that's um, a little bit more on, on uh, you know, how far along the ski season or ski and ride season has, has, has gone. Now the takeaway for the White Mountain Superpass, I love the idea of having an unlimited and unrestricted pass at Four Mountains. That's just great variety. You will not get bored. Um, not so great getting to these mountains, at least, uh, you know, for, for 
if you're not in New Hampshire, especially if you're coming from Point South, it's at least another hour to a comparable drive to say the, White, the Green Mountains of Vermont. A closer look though at this pass and all four ski areas are within one hour of each other. So for a long weekend or even a week long vacation can allow you to hit up you know, multiple mountains with you know minimal travel time, which is just fantastic. Um, again, for me, other than uh, my buddy KP, I really don't have any ski buddies that hit New Hampshire regularly. Um, so um, that would be kind of a tough ask. But uh, moving on. We have the New England Pass. Now, this is a Maine and New Hampshire uh, season pass. There are three mountains that are uh, participating. Uh, Loon in New Hampshire, Sunday River in Maine, and Sugarloaf in Maine. Now, the uh, price of admission is a tiered structure. So uh, to get uh, on the base level, you have a silver tier, which is $759. It's valid every day except the 12, 12 blackout dates, which follow the traditional holiday uh, schedule and, and weekends. You, uh, you, but you do get uh, the benefit of eight discount tickets, as well as retail and dining savings, as well as lodging discounts. Okay, for $400 more, you go up to the gold level, and that's $1,169, valid every day, so there's no blackout dates to worry about. Uh, you get uh, the benefit of 10 discount friend tickets, Boyne Resort Ski Benefits, which really just means you get three free uh, lift tickets, free ski days, as well as discounts on additional days at Boyne Resorts. You also get Mountain Collective Ski Benefits, which translate into a 50% off one-day lift ticket, uh, one-day lift tickets. You also receive retail, dining, and lodging discounts. Finally, you can buy up another 400 bucks to the Platinum tier. That pass is valid every day, so there's no blackout dates. You also get early lift access on Sundays. So if you're one that likes first tracks, nobody else on the, the, the hill, maybe leave uh, the day, uh, leave the mountain early. It's a great option, a great benefit. And the Platinum Pass also includes an Icon Base Pass, which I'll talk about in detail in a little bit. Boyne Resort skiing benefits, uh, mountain collective skiing benefits, as well as 12 friend tickets at 50% off. So that's quite a, quite a lot of uh, benefits in that uh, $1,500 price point. Additionally, um, the New England Pass has, a, has uh, tiers for college students, young adults, weekday only skiers, as well as main residents. Refund policy. So there's a current promotion uh, you have the option to defer any unused pass to the following winter by December 10th or receive a credit if the mountains are not open for skiing at least 150 days this winter. What uh, just now I'm realizing is that is the promotion if you renew or you buy the pass by tomorrow, Monday, June 15th. Not sure how many listeners are going to log on or if I can even upload this in time. But anyway, that's the current promotion. And these are all subject to change. There's a good, good, good chance that, you know, some of these uh, refund policies will be either expanded or uh, the eligibility will, will, um, uh, will, um, will be extended. Takeaways. This pass has a, very good. This pass has a lot of different pricing options depending on your age, your preferences. So again, that weekday pass for less than 500 bucks is great if you're in a position where you're local, 
you don't want to deal with the weekend busy crowds. Uh, that's just very, it's, it's very nice to see the different tiers. Not so great. It's more of a complaint to what's missing. Um, even at the silver price point, which is the lowest of the three, it would have been nice to see another partner mountain or two, even if that access was limited or restricted. Maybe two days, three days with blackout dates at a couple other closely located mountains in the area. Only the $1,500 pass gets you that Icon Base Pass and access to other ski areas. Now, a closer look, the Boyne and Icon Benefits are a nice addition to an unlimited and unrestricted season pass at three large ski areas for the region. And of course, all three resorts are on the Icon Pass, which I'll talk about in a little bit. For me, it comes back to the distance and comparable mountains closer. Loon, the closest, is almost four hours away from uh, home. And uh, again, less time in the car means more time on the slopes. Moving on, Ski Vermont 4 Pass. Now, I've had this pass before. I think actually it would be kind of fun if it was called the Vermont Sampler Pack, not Pass. They back a, a little history, they used to be called the Vermont 3-Pack and 5-Pack. I think the 3-Pack was uh, 130 bucks for three lift tickets. And uh, the five pack was $205 for uh, five lift tickets. And it's a little bit of a, you know, shout out to a long trail. But anyway, uh, this Ski Vermont four pass is $189. And it gets you four one day lift tickets at any Vermont mountain. At least last time I bought the pass, all the Vermont mountains participated. Now you get your pass checked off after you get your lift ticket at said mountain. So if you get, if you want to go to Okemo twice, as an example, you wouldn't be able to because right because the way this works is you get one day lift ticket at four different mountains and you get to pick from the fifteen or so mountains that participate, but it's one mountain per per, per pass or per pack. Um, now you are entitled, you are allowed to order two four passes per pass holder. So that's kind of nice. So if you wanted to get those two days at Okimo, again, you'd need to get two of the two sets of that four pass. Again, that would be $189 times two. Now there are blackout dates. So be aware of that. There are also no refunds. However, this program is really built around uh, families and getting people um, new to skiing, learning how to ski. There is a Take Three Beginner Program, which is connected to this pass. Uh, the, the deal is three lessons for $129. Now, I haven't taken a ski lesson uh, since learning in Connecticut, but that sounds decent. There's also a fifth grade passport program. Now, this one I love. 88 days of skiing and riding at Vermont's Alpine and cross-country resorts for just a $20 processing fee. So if I... Well, first of all, I hope it's still happening when, when my little guy is in fifth grade. But yeah, so if I get one of these four, pa four passes, uh, just tack on 20 bucks, and it uh, sounds like when he's in fifth grade anyway, we'll be, we'll, he'll have the season pass, or at least 88 days worth. Now again, there is uh, no refunds. I think I mentioned that. And unique to this pass and promotion, the Ski Vermont 4-Pass sells out the day that it goes on sale. So again, uh, if you are thinking about this one, it's usually mid-fall. Um, 
you know, so you need to, to, to check their website to see what the exact date is. So it goes fast. There's limited uh, quantity. Now my take, the math boils down to about $50 per lift ticket. Every purchasing mountain uh, ticket window price that I know of in Vermont is more than $50. Uh, not so great. It really is a true sampler of Vermont. But with blackout dates, you know, it could make it tough to string together, you know, a, a longer trip, perhaps. Certainly would require some more, some more travel. Closer look, you can use it at some of the more pricey Vermont mountains, like Stowe, like Killington, like, you know, okay. <laughs> so anyway, but uh, I'm going to save it for my favorite, Jay Peak, since they're not on any passes right now. Um, so anyway, that's just sort of, uh, if you think about maybe wh what the price your mountains are and where you go, where the snow is, um, you know, it gives you some options. So for me, you know, Vermont is the easiest state for me to travel to. So this, uh, this pass looks real good. Now, uh, before I shift to the national and international big time passes, I do want to do a quick shout out about ski clubs. Now, I'm going to use the Connecticut Ski Council as an example. But uh, these are great programs to uh, get uh, to uh, to either start skiing or if you're not sure how often you're going to be able to ski uh, to get into because it's really a membership program where you you pay a membership fee one time fee for the season. Uh, Connecticut Ski Council happens to be fifty six dollars. Uh, a few years back when I did a different one, but in the same council, different club in the same council, it was the uh, Connecticut Opry Ski Team, the cast uh, club. Uh, that was only $16. And um, I think even for a family, you only added uh, 10 bucks or something per member. So, you know, these are the idea being that you pull a whole lot of people together and that purchasing power, that interest in going to, um, you know, a specific mountain will, will allow the mountains to give a, a substantial discount towards the lift tickets that day. So the way it works, at least uh, for the ones I'm familiar with, is there are set quote unquote awareness days. So you have the entire calendar of the winter season filled up with different days, with different mountains that are offering a discounted pass on specific days. Now, these are usually grouped together. Uh, at least uh, most times you'll see three in a row, so that way you can maybe plan a three-day uh, three weekend uh, at the same place and make overnight accommodations so you're not driving uh, you know, from Vermont to New Hampshire to Massachusetts, since those are the three states that are involved in the um, program. And just taking a look at the discount, again, even if it's a $56 membership fee, the most I saw on this past season's calendar was $65 at Killington. And I know for certain that their window, the price of their uh, a day pass at the window at Killington is over hundred bucks. So again, you're pretty much gonna break even if you use it, I'd say, you know, close to once, but definitely twice. So if you use, you use your, um, if you join a ski club and, and you go twice on Awareness Day, you, it pays for itself. Now, the other good things about uh, ski clubs are that they usually have other kind of cool deals with other specific mountains or other even brands, one of which I uh, just did a quick uh, look. The um, There's a deal between for an extra $42, you, so for, to that $56, you could get a season pass. It does come with blackout dates, but to Bolton Valley. So, you know, you're just scratching uh, the, you know, 100 bucks and you have this ability to do these awareness days and kind of see what deals are 
you know, what days you're, what weekends maybe you're available, but also have in the back pocket a season pass at a mountain. Yeah, it has blackout dates, but you can work around that. So those are kind of really cool um, options and, and promotions within a club. Of course, there's also social events that are scheduled throughout the year, the quote-unquote snowballs, uh, social hours, that kind of thing. There's bus trips, weekend trips, of course, the destination fly-to trips that uh, you know are, are very common. One of the things that isn't talked a whole lot about with ski clubs, but is very important, very interesting, is there's a whole racing program segment, and whether that's older folks that just want to do something a little different, a little competitive, or younger folks that uh, either their school doesn't offer a ski team or they, um, you know, the schedule doesn't work for them. So this is another way to, 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 to keep skiing, keep riding, very interesting and, and uh, exciting. So my take, it's a no-brainer for a beginner or someone unsure of how much time they will have. Hmm, that kind of sounds familiar. Um, not so great, you know, all clubs in a council have the same awareness days, so mountains could become, you know, really crowded if certain dates, weather patterns, stoke, you know, align in the same day. You know, again, I think Connecticut Ski Council has a, at least a few dozen clubs, so all those people going to the same place on those awareness days, you know, could could bump up some uh, some some crowds, but, you know, it's uh, just something to keep in mind. It doesn't always happen. Now, closer look again. Use it once. You made use it once or twice. You made your money back. Use it a lot. You will ski a lot of different mountains. You will meet a lot of new people, and quite frankly, probably enjoy this sport more because of all those new experiences. For such a low cost, you know it's you know the other thought is you can. So there's such a low cost. It's it's sort of a no brainer, but also with the awareness days, you get this calendar of those discount days in the fall, so you can kind of map out at least weekends you're available and weekends that uh, friends with other passes you know would be able to join you at one of the resorts where you have a discount and uh, be able to ski with them so that way that whole skiing with the choosing your 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 ski friends based on your past maybe doesn't come into play as much so something some food for thought okay now we're shifting into the national and international passes. I'm gonna kick it off with a pass called the Mountain Collective. Now this is a simple and straightforward product. Uh, full disclosure, I've never had this pass. Uh, there are 23 mountains that offer 46 total ski days. So this is very similar to uh, the uh, yeah, so this is this is two ski days that um, that you get. There are no blackout dates, and any additional ski day that you want beyond those two at a particular or at a partner mountain is fifty percent off the ticket price. So that's not bad if you want to make a long weekend. Now these have these twenty three mountains. These are mega resorts. This is Big Sky. This is Snowbird. This is Squaw Valley. This is Jackson Hole. This is Taos. There's Resorts and partner uh, resorts in France, Japan, Australia, New Zealand, Chile. Um, there are two mountains in the Northeast, Sugarbush and Sugarloaf, the Sugars. Uh, and this uh, access to this pass will cost you a cool four sixty nine. Now again, there's no blackout dates, and there is affiliate lodging discounts with um, links at each destination through the Mountain Collective website. So for, if you've never been to a certain mountain, find it a little intimidating to figure out maybe where to go. They actually have a preferred lodging recommendations that you can 
check out through their website. So it makes it kind of really easy one-stop shopping. Uh, refunds. Obviously, it's important. Refunds. Pass holders can request a full refund by October 16th. Now, once the pass is used, no refunds will be available. Now, this is important. The October 16th might seem way too early, but this is a international pass. So if you were to use it uh, in an international before the North American ski season opens, you'd forfeit any refund on the North American ski season. Now my take, this is uh, the price is great as the cost to go to those mega big ritzy mountains can really be close to $200 uh, for a single day at the window. Uh, and again, we have uh, dynamic pricing, I think it's called to thank for that. Uh, not so great, you know, two days at almost all the destination resorts, you know, doesn't help too much unless you're in Little Cottonwood Canyon where Alton Snowboard are next to each other. Uh, Jackson Hole and Grand Targhee, I think, are maybe an hour and a half apart. So that's still a bit of a distance, but you, uh, you, could, you could swing it if you were in Wyoming for a week. So just those distance being what it is, you just need to keep that uh, in mind. Now, closer look, most of these mountains are already on the Icon Pass. So you need, you need to kind of check out the value um, of, the, of that um, as, you know, again, Icon Pass, at least the base pass, comes with blackout dates, comes with some restrictions. So again, you just need to kind of think about that. And I'm happy to um, dig down deeper if, 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 if need be. For me, you know, again, only two mountains on the in the Northeast for four days total. Um, I would even say Sugar Loaf isn't quite day trip material with five and a half hours. But hey, the two sugars—it's maybe it's meant to be. Uh, so that's a quick, uh, quick little rundown of the Mountain Collective Pass. Moving on to the Indy Pass. Now this is a similar format to the Mountain Collective, but a couple more more details. Again, full disclosure: never had this pass. And this pass is just in its second year. So last season, this ski season, that ski season that cut out early was its first year. Now there are 52 total mountains, partner mountains, for 104 total ski days. And these are all and only in North America. But these are smaller, independently owned and operated ski areas. There are 18 in the east. When I first looked into this, I knew about half of them. There are 16 in the Midwest. When I looked into it, never heard of any of them. And uh, there's 18 out, out west, and I only heard, a, heard of a couple uh, prior to, to looking into it. So, you know, these are, again, um, smaller mountains that just don't have the marketing uh, capacity of the larger resorts. But hey, they're there. They're wanting, they're there with open arms, you know, welcoming uh, skiers of all types from, from everywhere. Um, the interesting, well, within the Northeast, again, that's where I am, so that's what I'm focused on. There are 12 ski areas within four and a half hour drive. That's, that's a lot. Seven of which are within a two hour, 47 minute drive from my house, which is kind of, again, that three hour threshold for, you know, a day trip. Again, of course, circumstances like two feet of snow. I will drive to Sugarloaf for five and a half hours if I'm available and able to, but most, most of the time that three hour kind of threshold is about right. I've only skied a few of these, uh, again, smaller independently owned mountains. One of them was magic and it was a memorable experience. So if you'll indulge me, quick sidebar story. So I was with my good friend, Pete, who was on the first inaugural Big Sky episode. 
and we were hey we had a great weekend going and decided to we saw a liftopia offer the night before for a 38 dollar or maybe 36 dollar lift ticket to magic we had some snow coming in that looked like it was going to hit sort of that southern uh, vermont uh, area so we bought the pass having not been there at least i had never been there and i don't think he had been there for a long time he had a subaru outback i had a nissan maxima there were probably 10 years apart his being the newer model vehicle there was at least a foot and a half or so let's say a foot when we woke up <laughs> so we were excited on one hand but on the other hand, uh, getting to Magic from Dover, you know, wasn't going to be a walk in the park, maybe, at least for the guy in the maximum. Now, let's just say keeping up to the Subaru on a snowy, windy, windy road was an, a task in itself. But the real question was when uh, we turned down, I believe it was uh, 100, no, uh, 30, to go sort of uh, south east rather than um, at least follow up fall 100 um, up uh, up towards uh, Londonderry or 30 up toward Londonderry anyway Pete's GPS took me down to or took us down to an unplowed hilly Wyndham Hill Road across from the West Townshend uh, country store for folks familiar with the uh, that area in Vermont now again this is Lightly, lightly plowed, uh, if not plowed at all, going up a presumably half dirt, half paved road through, you know, farmland and, and the rural part of Vermont. Somehow, despite all the fishtailing and skidding on and off the road, the, the, the Maxima, you know, muscled through and we got there in one piece. And it was really an unreal powder day. Believe it or not, they only had one lift going, the double that takes you to the top. As I recall, the other two triples were not operational. No one was there, so it didn't matter. Uh, we skied, uh, I think, all day, so tons of runs. The lodge was empty, so we got comfortable seat, you know, no crowds. We were able to actually put a jacket on an extra chair and not get, uh, you know, uh, get, get, the, get, get an evil eye. And it was just all good uh, that, that day. So, you know, again, um, hadn't been there. The snow certainly uh, it was helpful, but you know, appreciate not having, having had that new experience and obviously surviving the drive. All right. So back to the Indy Pass. It's $199 for an adult pass. Now, if, uh, now that's with blackout dates for $299, you get the Indy Pass Plus with no blackout dates. Interesting point here. Only three mountains, all of which are in the West, have blackout dates currently planned for the upcoming season. So, that may mean if you're in the Northeast, like I am, $199 is still at play. Kids Pass, $99. Kids Indie Plus, again, without those blackout dates, are, is $149. Now, if you have a season pass at one of these smaller hills, that's okay. You can add an Indie Pass to your season pass at that partner resort for just $129. You can add an Indie Pass Plus for $199 can add a kids indie pass for 69 or a kids indie pass plus for 99 and of course if you if you ski past those ski those two days again you get two days with this pass you can buy a third day for 20 25 off the ticket window price 
And that's uh, that you also get 25% off uh, if you have an Indie Pass but want to ski on a blackout date uh, but don't have the Plus Pass. So again, just something to keep in mind. Now, this pass is actually not on sale yet. They're, they, they go on sale on September 1st. Now, refunds. The, the Indie Pass keeps it simple. It's called the Get America Skiing Promise. And it says, while COVID has created uncertainty, this refund policy does not. I am paraphrasing. Uh, so pass holders get an automatic credit for a 2021-2022 pass if, for any reason, you use your Indie Pass less than four days. No questions asked. So again, that's if you, for some reason, don't ski four days, you're going to get a credit towards skiing next year. So I get that that's sort of some breadcrumbs to keep you in the family. If you have a credit on the line, you're probably going to want to use it. But, you know, hey, um, it, that's just great if you don't know exactly what your availability is going to be and uh, you don't want to, you know, um, make that make that commitment. So it works uh, if you don't use the pass at all. Sort of how it works is 80% credit for the uh, if you if you use zero days. If you use one day, it's a 60% credit. If you use two days, it's a 40% credit. Three days, 20% credit. Now, my take, this is a good $200 investment because uh, it breaks down, again, to four days of skiing, uh, kind of like the 50 days or $50 at each location, kind of like the Ski Vermont Pass, uh, just to break even. What's not so great is that it's about an hour and a half between mountains, at least in the Northeast, again, where I focus my research. So you're more likely to use both days at the same time. So if I were to get one, again, I'm, I ski more than this pass is, is, I'm a skier that this pass really isn't going after, um, but um, I would try to ski two different mountains on a weekend. Because in the event one ski area gets pummeled with snow later in the season, I want to at least have you know a shot at making it that day. Um, so again, when it comes to skiing and riding, you know options are important. So that's just a consideration. And a closer look, this is more my opinion, but even though it's only in year two of existence, I could see the Indy Pass sales be stronger than they certainly were last year, but maybe even stronger than the. Uh, the company thinks they'll be, you know, even if there's caps on capacity at the mega resorts, you know, for safety reasons, um, you know, that could drive more people to the smaller hills. Uh, of course, if there are caps on capacity at the smaller hills, then the, the I, I, Indy Pass has as their as their partners, and they might have to cut back on their already smaller capacity, and um, you know, may not have the same infrastructure for uh, online reservation system lotteries you know, that the other um, larger resorts, you know, can kind of whip up overnight. So, you know, just something to kind of keep keep in mind, but for a $199 uh, price point, uh, you probably don't even need to worry about it. For me, you know, again, I, I also like the idea of just supporting those local hills. Uh, after all, if the smaller ski areas can't make it, those skiers and riders will just be forced to join the mega resorts where everyone else is that are already packed. Um, I'm also excited about the idea of being driving distance to 12 ski areas, nine of which I've never been to. So that's nine completely new experiences. And, you know, a lot of averages, maybe four of them are kind of like my magic experience. Um, even if they're not from, you know, 11,000 feet of elevation, you know, sitting on a cozy bubble chair. You know, maybe just maybe my mind, body and spirit I'm paraphrasing again from a episode four, Aspen, uh, could be craving the smaller life offered by these independent ski areas than, say, classy Aspen. Sorry, Mr. Pepka. Don't hold it against me. Okay.
moving on. The Epic Pass. Now, again, I've never had this pass, but lots of people I know do or did, and they love it. 42 North American ski areas are partner mountains. I will list. I will mention a few of them in, in, in a minute. Uh, there are more international spots uh, in Australia, Japan, Switzerland, Italy, Austria, and France. The closest uh, partner mountains for me would be Mount Snow, uh, Vermont, Okemo, Vermont, and Hunter Mountain in New York. But I've been dying to get back to Breckenridge. I already have an invitation to crash yet another family vacation, this time in Beaver Creek. And I've been wanting to check out the four white mountains uh, that are on uh, the, that are partner resorts that are actually not white mountain superpass mountains. So that's interesting. Um, there are lots of pricing options on the Epic Pass. We'll start with the local Epic Local Pass. Starts at seven twenty nine, with unlimited and unrestricted access at about seventy five percent of partner mountains. So five mountains have blackout dates, and those are the traditional. Um, weekends uh, around the holidays. That's Park City, Heavenly, Park City, Utah, Heavenly, California, North Star, California, Kirkwood, uh, California, and Stowe, Vermont. Three mountains have holiday restrictions or additional holiday restrictions. That would be Vail, Colorado, Beaver Creek, Colorado, and Whistler, uh, Black Home in uh, British Columbia. And then two of the partner mountains have only two days of skiing with restrictions. That's Sun Valley, Idaho, and Snow Basin, Utah. With the regular uh, Epic Pass, that's $9.69, and it's basically unlimited and unrestricted access at all partner mountains. Now, I said basically, <laughs> or I should have said almost. So you get, quote-unquote, only seven days at Sun Valley, uh, Snow Basin, and Telluride, Colorado. You get, quote-unquote, only five days at International Partner Mountains, but there are no blackout dates, so planning is easy. The Epic Pass also offers uh, seven-day to one-day passes with sort of discounted pricing that go along with that. So, you know, if you're only going out for, you know, that spring break week, you know, that's probably what you're going to go with and not ski any other time this year or next season. There's also a compare passes tool on the website that may be helpful for a little number crunching. Uh, interestingly, I found a $92 credit through the email via Epic's Turn In Your Ticket program. Now, I never turned in a ticket, but apparently the program exists for anyone who uh, bought a Epic uh, uh, lift ticket from an Epic Partner Mountain. You can apply the cost of that lift ticket up to $150 maximum as a credit towards purchasing a season pass. So again, more breadcrumbs to get you in the door, but as we'll see in a little bit later, that's a significant little credit for me to consider. Buddy Passes. Epic has two different types of buddy passes, the buddy tickets and ski with a friend. Buddy tickets, now I couldn't confirm how many buddy tickets you get based on the local or the regular, but uh, how it works is it's a, a ticket for guests, uh, anyone that you'd like, with 40% off in some cases, but it's a flat discounted ticket that you can use to, again, ski with your friends that don't have that pass. Now, with the buddy ticket, they do not, buddy tickets do not have to be used on the date of purchase for the date of skiing. So in other words, I was in a situation where I was skiing at Stowe for two days, bought two uh, Saturday and Sunday tickets, skied Saturday, but Sunday something came up, I couldn't ski. Now, I was fearful of uh, being out of almost 100 bucks, 
But because I used a buddy ticket, not the ski with a friend, I could use that ticket for another day. Conversely, the ski with a friend of which Icon, uh, excuse me, Epic Pass holders get 10. So you get 10 ski with a friend. So presumably maybe you get 10 buddy tickets. Although I don't know that that's the case. Um, the ski with a friend is a discounted single day ticket. Now, you must use that ticket on the date you selected to use it. So of course, you don't have to use it the day you purchased it because you might have purchased it on Friday night before skiing on Saturday. But if you chose, if, if you selected, I'm skiing Saturday, you have to ski that Saturday if you do ski with a friend. Whereas if you do a buddy ticket, you, um, you basically bought just a, a, a day pass to be used whenever you want. Refunds. Here we go. <clears throat> okay. Epic is offering Epic coverage. That's great. Sounds good. Um, so there's two different layers of it. It's There's personal coverage. So there's uh, some what we call qualifying uh, uh Events, so injury, job loss, pregnancy, etc., would qualify for personal coverage, uh, you know, refund. And it's essentially um, an option to receive a refund based on the number of days you've skied or ridden up to that point when you submit the refund request. Uh, so your uh, refund will be based on the price you paid, whether it's uh, local or regular, on that pass. And it works out to if you skied or rode zero days, you will receive a 100% refund. If you skied or rode one day, you will receive a 86% re refund. If you skied or rode two days, you will receive a 71% refund, etc. Until you get to seven days of skiing or riding and there's no refund. There's also, um, <clears throat> there's also a resort closure coverage. And that's essentially... Uh, for COVID-19 related closures. Now, Epic uh, coverage will provide a refund based on the length of time the resorts are closed. So the specific amount of your refund will vary based on your preferences, uh, that uh, what pass you have, as well as uh, what you provide regarding the, the actual coverage. So similar to its main competitor's refund policy, which I'll get to, there is a sort of a what they're calling a course, quote, course season uh, um, preference or a quote unquote specific week, you know, preference for your refund, uh, coverage. <clears throat> As an example, if you're going to ski all season long at multiple resorts, you'll likely want the quote unquote core season option. Conversely, if you are just eyeing a trip for a specific, specific week, say for spring break in mid-March, then you would select specific week coverage to position yourself you know, for the best refund. Now, rather than get into rabbit hole details and examples, you can check out the details on a very, very long page with lots of words under the benefits tab on the Epic website. But one word that I, one thing I think I might've missed is that uh, this is, um, this is, this is a cr refund. This is a true refund. This is, um, this is not a credit to apply to the purchase of a pass for the 2021-22 season. You just need to note that because that's different than the other uh, refunds that I've, I've talked about. And unlike other passes, there's no voluntary deferral option. So again, that's another important difference. So my take, there are just so many amazing mountains on this pass. I've literally been longing to get back to Breck after this uh, insane hiatus. And like I mentioned, I have an open invitation to crash another family vacation at Beaver Creek and uh, in Colorado. And there's, there's really just, um, there's just, 
a lot of good stuff uh, out there and, and, and a lot of stuff in my, in my region too. Not so great uh, while switching from the Icon Base to the Epic Local is about the same price and access, uh, quite frankly. Again, given the renewal discount as a past season pass holder at Icon at $599 compared to um, if I was to get a Epic Local at $729 minus that $92 credit I mentioned previously, that brings me down to $639, which is about $40 difference. Um, unfortunately, Stowe, while unlimited access, does have blackout dates uh, on the Epic Local. So the friends that live there, and they absolutely go up there for the holiday break, so that could be kind of rough not being able to use my, my pass. Uh, obviously, I, I, could, I could up it and get the full Epic, but again, knowing my situation as a new PA, that uh, could be, could not be, that might not be a good choice. Uh, a closer look, I'm uh, seriously not, tr I'm not, seriously, I'm not trying to brag, but uh, three different sets of friends actually live in the towns where there's a mountain. I got one friend in Dover, I got a friend in Ludlow, or friends in Ludlow, near Okemo Mountain, friends in Stowe, all of which are on the epic pass. I mean, it really should be a no-brainer if, uh, if, if responsibility wasn't an issue. The Closer Look Part 2 is, as I mentioned, this year I used Buddy Passes quite successfully. So while that price point still hurts, it's not the ticket price window, which makes me feel good. Perhaps eking out a handful of days using Buddy Tickets is the best route. It's commitment-free. All right, finally, we're here. Icon Pass. Finally, we get to my season pass for the last two years and whose captivatingly annoying email started this conversation in the first place. There are 43 destinations on the Icon Pass. A-Basin, Big Sky, Winter Park, Steamboat, Snowbird, Alta, Squaw Valley, Deer Valley, Revelstoke, Taos, Triplot. It is a fierce lineup. The closest mountains to me, again, within that three-hour day trip threshold, Stratton, Vermont, Killington, Vermont, and Wyndham, uh, New York, which actually was just added this upcoming season. So that's kind of nice. For $3.99, you can get four days uh, on an Icon Pass. Ski all four days at one mountain or spread out those days at 30 mountains. The blackout dates do apply. Beware. For $6.99, you can get an Icon Base Pass. But for me, I would be renewing at the $599 price point. Now, there are blackout dates at some resorts, but there's unlimited access at 14 mountains, including new this year, Stratton and Sugarbush, but those come with blackout dates. There are five ski days with blackout dates at most mountains on the Icon Base Pass. Unfortunately, new this season, this upcoming season, uh, the Icon Pass did cut Jackson Hole and Aspen, all four Aspen Mountains, off their base pass. So you have to actually buy up what's called Base Pass Plus for an extra $150 if you want to go to those uh, two mountains or those uh, two areas. Uh, for folks that listen to the Aspen episode, fortunately, uh, we, we checked that one off last season, so uh, we, we won't, that won't be concerning us this, this upcoming year. Now, for $999... You can get the Icon Pass. If you're renewing your full Icon Pass, it's $200 less at $799. Without blackout dates, 15 unlimited skiing and riding destinations and up to seven days at 27 destinations. That's a week of uh, vacation, you know, traditional winter vacation or week-long vacation. That's just uh, pretty much unlimited. 
And as the company continues to make good regarding pass holders who never got the chance to use their Icon Pass this past season due to the shutdown, Icon's automatically going to roll over unused 2019-20 um, passes into the 2020-21 season for no processing fees, which is great. So again, for those spring breakers who had that mid-March ski trip that totally got uh, shut down, uh, they're going to be made right, which is which is great. Now, uh, there are additional discounts for children, nurses, military, and college students on the ICON program. Buddy passes. The ICON pass, the 999 one, comes with 10 friends and family tickets. The ICON base pass comes with eight friends and family tickets with holiday restrictions. And it's a 25% off the one-day window ticket rate at their partner mountains. There is also 50% off food and beverage and retail at participating locations, though I did find out the hard way at a Summit Lodge that one of my favorite uh, meals was not going to be discounted. <sighs> so it would be nice if uh, they all participated, but uh, you can only, uh, you know, only, only get so much. Um, refunds. Icon calls it adventure assurance. So you can defer your season pass for the 20, uh, this upcoming season's pass for the 21-2022 season if you don't use it by April 11th, 2021. This was, this deadline was moved up uh, considerably, or I guess pushed back considerably because the original deadline to defer was December 10th. But, you know, you, that's not a whole lot of time to see how the ski season shakes out and how the um, how, how we're doing with the public health crisis. Now, once you use your pass, you forgo any opportunity to get a credit for the following season. Separately, there's also protection from COVID-related shutdowns. So the first part of the assurance, adventure assurance, is just that if you're not feeling skiing next season, you can get a credit for the following season uh, as long as you don't use the pass and you do it by April 11th. So you have all season to see how things go. But separately, there's also protection from COVID-related shutdowns. Now, like the main competitor's refunds at Epic, um, it's based on a similar premise with this sort of, quote-unquote, all destinations or a, quote-unquote, specific mountain, in this case, to position yourself for the best refund. So again, Epic's sort of COVID uh, protection was a specific date range. Icons is a specific mountain. So there's a minor details in, in, in a word, but very important differences. And now there's a chart with three scenarios uh, that explain how this works on ICON's website with another 30 frequently asked questions about their refund policy. I couldn't believe it either. I had to count it twice just to make sure. 30 questions. So there's lots of uh, moving parts with this. Uh, well, I guess details. The good news, here, here it is for, for both Epic or Icon. If the ski season opens on time and you ski seven days, none of this matters. There's no credit. <laughs> so let's just hope we open on time and uh, we get some early days in. And this will all be for naught. My take, current Icon pass holders save 200 bucks and base pass holders would save 100 bucks on renewals if you renew by this Wednesday, June 17th. Like I've been saying, every little bit helps, so that's gonna be hard to, to walk away from. Not so great. Um, it's a little unclear how much, if anything, you save if you renew with Icon, but go from a base pass to a regular pass. I think you may be stuck and have to pay the full freight, i.e. the full difference, uh, not the renewal 
rate for the um, Icon regular, but um, the full $9.99. So that's like a $400 difference for for someone in my position. Uh, be a little bit less, you know, if it was a $200 difference. But I'm kind of hoping that someone maybe post on my our Twitter page at Powderhound Skis the answer to that question. So if you want to go from uh, actually, I did look at the FAQs uh, about this, and there was a question about upgrading pass after purchase. But the answer was that all products must be paid in full before any upgrade can be made. So that suggests to me that I'm going to buy my Icon Base Pass Renewal at $5.99. If I want to go up to the regular one, I don't think I'm going to go to that um, $7.99. I think I'm going to have to. They won't. I won't be able to buy it unless I buy it for $9.99. But I didn't see that written specifically anywhere. I'm hoping I'm wrong, and uh, that'd be great if someone knows the answer can uh, send it to me. Uh, a closer look, as I may have mentioned, Icon added Wyndham Mountain in New York. They also added Mount Bachelor in Oregon, which um, the former of which is within my three-hour easy day trip radius. Of course, Wyndham Mountain only uh, is five days with the base pass and has blackout dates, so not as easy as uh, the other mountains. But uh, for me, again, uh, I'm going to end on a high note. I've had some amazing days with this icon base pass and would expect nothing but good times to continue to roll if it's allowed. So final thought, um, there you have it, a breakdown of just a handful of the dozens of season passes available for next season. But I'd like to hear from you. Do you have questions about the passes I talked about? What did I leave out? What did I get wrong? What passes did I forget? I'm sure there's other passes in this uh, Northeast region that I didn't uh, mention because I don't know about them. Uh, please be sure to share your thoughts, suggestions, and corrections on our Twitter page, at Powderhound Skis. Now, I will borrow one segment from my normal podcast episode, the Apre Ski section. A quick sort of fun stuff. Uh, promotion for listeners who are done thinking about snow, done thinking about snow sports. I can't blame you. It is June after all. You can find me at the beach working on working on my original side hustle, www.happycapecod.com. That's right. Started in 2018, www.happycapecod.com or on Twitter at happycapecod, which as the title suggests is a website dedicated to making the most of your time on Cape Cod. Should you visit with lots of road trips expected to fill vacation needs this summer, check us out. We'll save you endless internet searches and often conflicting online reviews. Just go to happycapecod.com for all your Cape Cod needs. Cheers. Thank you again to my listeners. Find us on Twitter at Powderhound Skis. Even better, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds.